With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Thursday Bible study, general Bible study, the Bible study for everybody. Let us go ahead and start with some prayer. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, I ask that as we come together on tonight to receive your word, that you would just continue to pour into us. God, open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. I pray that you will lend your understanding to us, that we may comprehend the things that we are taking in. And Lord, I just pray that you will use me as you see fit, Lord, to teach the word as you so desire. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. All right. So, had a little bit of a light start due to technical things. <laughs> but, y'all already know, I'm, I'm just determined to do the best that I can with what I've got. Um... You know, and that's really all all you can do, right? Um, like we talked about last week in the lesson, how, you know, Paul take, took those obstacles and turned them into opportunities. Um, I don't think I mentioned it before, right? But it's oftentimes um, where we just... We have a tendency to make excuses, right, for why we haven't done uh, the things that we know God has called us to do, the things that he's put in our heart to do. Well, you know, I don't have such and such equipment yet. Um, I don't have, you know, the funds yet. I don't have blah, 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 blah. And it's like you never know how your obedience will lead to some of the greatest blessings in your life. Just you just simply saying, okay, I'm going to do the best with what God has given me. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I'm not going to worry about what I don't have, right, or, you know, this, that, and the other, right? I'm just going to trust God. <laughs> I'm going to step out on faith. It's like, and God knows what I need, and he'll give it to me when I need it. Now, I'm not saying put yourself in debt, because that is not of God, okay? <laughs> you know, for a business or whatever, dude, you know, I was saying that. But you know what God, what work that God has called you to, and it's like, stop dragging your feet. Just, just do it, right? And seek counsel, right? Seek counsel, seek guidance on that thing. Pray about it with the Lord. But then also, like I said, surround yourself with people, godly, right, true God-fearing people who can truly, you know, speak some wisdom into your life, okay? I don't know why I 
that all that, but I guess somebody needed to hear it. Half the time, it's like a reminder for me, for the Holy Spirit. So, do the best what you got. Turn those obstacles into opportunities. All right. So, we are finishing up this lesson. So, this is technically part two, a devotional two from the book Addicted uh, Priority Time, Addicted God's Word by Chris Conley. Okay, and we were looking at. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Okay. So, the last thing we talked about, right, was how we don't change anything by complaining. Right? Nothing changes from you complaining about the situation. At the end of the day, the work still has to be done, right? So I can sit there and I can just whine and gripe about it, <laughs> you know, God, this isn't fair, God, this doesn't feel good, right, God, I don't understand, blah, 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 you know, I, I could, but why is it always like this and I don't even understand why they're doing that, I could complain, but then, you know, nothing really changes. It's when I learn to be quiet and take God in, right? When I use it to draw close to God, to give him praise instead of complaining. Then I start seeing some things shift, right? So reading back my notes, right? When I see things the way God does, everything including myself, and those around me changes for the good. And the uh, last thing we read from last week was, it wasn't Paul's imprisonment that changed the imperial guards and his brothers in the faith. It was Paul's response to his imprisonment that changed them. And the reference here is in uh, verse 14. So I'm going to read that now. I'm going to be reading from... Uh, the King James and the ESV. Okay, so Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, starting with uh, King James. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, King James Version. Now for the ESV. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14, ESV. Without fear. Without fear. Right? Scripture tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear. That means that when we feel fear, that comes from Satan. Satan will try to scare you or intimidate you to not, you know, to not speak up when you need to speak up. Right? Well, I don't want to rock the boat. Well, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> you know, 
And even in that, it's like you're going to offend somebody because, first of all, everything that is of God is offensive to the world, right? You saying you love Jesus is offensive to somebody, okay? So it's offensive. Sin is offensive to God, right? So I cannot allow fear to keep me stuck. Okay, imagine if Paul became afraid, if he got locked up, and he was like, ooh, okay, I'm going to lay low for a minute. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can get on, you know, get on their good side. Because remember, we talked about that, right? In Roman times, uh, for people who were persecuted as, as Christians, right, the way they determined you to be guilty was if you had behavior and conduct, right? If your life, they're examining your life and everything in it showed that you were a Christian, you're guilty. But if they look at you like, oh, no, they, they're not a Christian. They're innocent. They're not a Christian. You were going to jail. You know, now you fast forward in today's time, we are so afraid it's like, well, I, I want to be popular. I want to be liked. Again, I, I think we talked about that, right? How I, I can't be a friend of the world and a friend of God. I'm, I I have to make a decision, right? And so it's like if it comes down to it, I'd rather be a friend of Christ than an enemy of the world. Because if Christ before me, who can stand again? If I know that he, Christ has my back, Jesus got my back, I don't have to worry about what man does to me. Right? You can do whatever you want. God's still in control, though. <laughs> okay? So, you know, it was his response. Because imagine they're going through all this persecution, they're going through all these things. It's like, wow, he's locked up. But he's still bold in his faith. So why shouldn't I be bold? Why can't I be bold, too? So that encouraged the other brothers and sisters in the faith, you know, the other believers to say, okay, if Paul is doing it, and we know what his situation looks like, then what is stopping us? Like, we're going to be more bold too, okay? It was his response. So the next point is how we respond, quote, is frequently our most persuasive and powerful testimony to others. Ooh, baby. Ooh, continuing on. Anybody can love the Lord in a season of blessing, but what about in a season of adversity? Oh, whoa. Whoa. It's easy to tell God thank you when things go your way. It's easy to give God praise when you get a pay raise, right? It's easy. It's real easy to be bold and, whoo, Jesus, I'm highly favored and, oh, yeah, all that. When, when you're when you in a great time of your life, it seems like everything's falling your way. But do you still have that praise in you? When they're threatening to take your job away, do you still have that praise in you? When you see the enemy attacking your family, your loved ones, your friends, 
Do you still have a praise in you when it feels like there is a weight on top of you, like you feel like every day you're just being crushed alive and you just try to make it to the next day? When it seems like everything is going wrong, everything is falling apart. If you're married, your marriage is being attacked. Your health is being attacked. You look up, your pockets are running dry. Literally, it's like everything is just like, Lord, what is going on here? When you have one of those seasons, right? Or you on the job, and then for whatever reason, you got that one person, that supervisor, whoever, that just decided you're going to be their favorite. And they make you a target. And they just keep on and keep on and keep on. How do you respond to that? Because you know how Jesus responded to Jews? Go and do what you do and do it quickly. <laughs> oh, he didn't strike Jews down. He, he knew what Jews was about to go do. He knew what was coming. And what was his response? His response was, you know what? We about to shut this down right now. Nope. Do what you do and do it quickly. He tells us to love our, our enemies, right? We're supposed to be still, you know, that consistency, right? Even in adversity, it should still be there. So, again, it's easy to say you love the Lord when everything's going right, but when everything's going wrong, can you still say you love him? And understand, right, that first part, our response, people are watching how you respond. People are watching you, period, right? The minute you open your mouth and make that declaration, even if you don't open your mouth, because let me tell you something, people know. I've been in situations where, you know, I didn't even mention God at all, and yet somehow the person just knew. Like, you're a Christian, aren't you? Hmm? Where they come from? They know, right? But your response will tell them everything about you. And remember, we talked about that in, in earlier lessons, right? How our behavior, how we handle adversity, how we handle other people, we are telling them who our God is. Right? Because when we give God glory, we are we are giving an opinion, right? An accurate opinion of who God is. That's what it means to give God glory. Okay? So it's like when you give a bad attitude, when you are throwing a tantrum because things are don't seem to be going right for you, are you giving you know, it's like think about what kind of opinion Think about what you're telling people about your God. You can't say God is a way maker and then, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right? I can't say God is a healer, but then turn around and, oh, my goodness, I just, I don't know if this is ever going to change. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. They gave me a bad report. 
you know. I can't say God is a provider, but then I'm stressed out trying to figure out how to it's the pennies together and man, okay, well and cackling up the totals, I've been there. Well, if I can get this job, then you know, I can make about this much money a week, which adds up to this much money a month, which is this much a year, and then that I can use that money to do blah 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 blah. And the whole time it's like, you know, but you didn't even ask God about what to do with that situation. And half the time, God, at least his response to me, talking about finances, uh, you need to budget. You need to cut back on those so-called wants. Stop putting yourself in debt. Stop spending money as fast as you make it. <laughs> Be more disciplined. Be a better steward with the money that I've already given you. And when you prove yourself to be faithful with that, I might, I, you know, I'll give you some more. I'll, I'll give you an increase because I know that you have the discipline to do the right thing with what I've given you. But if you're just going to squander it and put yourself into more debt, why would I give you more? Anyway, <laughs> right? it's our response, right? Continue on on. It's those seasons that lead to transformation because, quote, when we are weak, he is strong. Scripture reference, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, right? I am, we by nature are weak. We can't do anything without him. Okay, Jesus. In chapter 15, he's talking to the disciples. Just go read that whole chapter, honestly. He's talking to the disciples. They're disciples, and they're in a vineyard. It's interesting how Jesus taught, right, because he's using the vines in the vineyard to teach a lesson, right? But let them know, I am the true vine. Right, paraphrasing. I am the true vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I am weak. The the again the whole uh, thing. First part of this of this book, right? That we've been going over. The first part talks about there is no such thing as sin management. Every time you get in your head, oh, I can I can do it by myself. I just need to, you know, I just need to listen to more gospel music. I just need to. That's you trying to manage it. That's you trying to manage your sin and just set an owner and be like, God, I'm weak and I can't do this. So I need you to come in today. God, I need you to come in today, like right now. Because if you go read that verse, right, Second Corinthians 12, verse 10, Paul takes glory, right? He He's praising God and his weaknesses that the power of Christ will fall upon him. It's when I recognize that I'm weak and I can't do it, that I'm finally moving myself out of the way and allowing God to come in and do what needs to be done, to do what only he can do, right? So, yeah, it's when you learn like I mentioned earlier, when you start learning how to just work with what you've got, when you learn to praise God more than you complain, right? When you learn to just tell him thank you, you know, and you step out on faith and you trust him to make that, 
that way for you, to be what you need him to be for you in that moment, that's when the transformation starts happening. That's when changes start happening, right? Things start moving. And the beautiful thing about God is that he works from the inside out. I am a living testimony of that. Because I look around in my life, and I share that too, right? How I look around in my life, and I'm like, okay, God, I don't really see anything happening. <laughs> God, I don't really see nothing happening here. It seems like nothing's really changed. And he's like, but you're changing. Your greatest obstacles, right, the, the biggest changes that have happened have been internal. you got internal mountains that are being removed. So just because it doesn't look like something is happening doesn't mean that I'm not working or that I stop working in you. I'm still doing the work, right? Trust me. We have to learn to trust God in those hard times, in those seasons, especially so, right? So, yeah, we we are weak. If we were that strong to just take on the whole world by ourselves, you know, Christ would not have needed to come, right? He wouldn't have needed to come. We we just could have did it on our own and be like, hey, we're good. No, you need his help, okay? So we must remember that we find Christ in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the crisis. That's where you're going to find him the most. You know why? Because adversity has you on your knees. We don't like to suffer. We don't like to go through things. But unfortunately, that's usually when we pray the most, is when we're going through a storm. That's when you seek him the most, because when everything's fine and dandy, you don't really seek his face like that. You get comfortable. We talked about that, right? You get comfortable. You, ooh, I like, I like where I am. I like this. This feels nice. And then you ain't going nowhere. You you start getting arrogant. Oh, I, I you know I think I could you know I could handle that. And ooh, my goodness. But yeah, that's where that's where you find him the most is in the midst of the crisis. He's still there, right? But again, it takes me humbling myself. And having to remember in those moments, God, I can't do anything without you. Okay. So, last point here, and then side note. Uh, while we, quote, don't live life on the mountaintop, right, uh, we don't live in the valley either. We have many ups and downs. And it is important for people to see Christ in you through every phase of the journey. Going back to that that first part, right? They're seeing your response. So how are you responding 
What does your response look like? What are you showing people? Are you showing them that my God is real? Or, man, there ain't nothing to this stuff. If they don't believe it, why should I? You know, really consider that. It's like, yeah, you're not always going to be on top. But like he also said, right, we don't stay in that valley either. Some of y'all got my prayer, uh, you know, this morning. Well, those who aren't listening live, you listening uh, on Monday or Wednesday, whichever day I can get this uploaded, the video, right? But for those who got my prayer, right, we talked to in that prayer is Psalm 23. I'm like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I don't stay in the valley. I don't dwell there. I don't make a house in the valley. I walk through it, right? And, yeah, it said, I will fear no evil. It's not necessary. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not afraid. I might be terrified. But trembling in fear, I'm still walking because I refuse to let the enemy prevent me from getting to where I need to be. Again, going back to the beginning, right? I cannot let fear stop me from reaching my full potential in Christ, from doing all the things that I know that God has put in my heart to do, reaching my full best self at full bloom, right, ladies? Full bloom. So it's like, no, I, no I'm not going to be, you know, on top all the time, but I'm not going to stay in that valley either. I walk through it, and he's with me through every phase. He's with me through the ups and the downs. He's with me through all of it. But again, what does your response look like? How are you responding? What are you telling people about your God? Right? So, side note. Okay. I wrote it so tiny, y'all, so give me a second. Okay. If everything went right all the time, you would never grow, and you would think you did it yourself. It is because it's bigger than me that I give thanks. Nobody but God could have done it. And I believe I shared it before, right? But I remember having a a conversation with the Lord. And it was either the beginning of this year. It might have been toward the end of last year. Uh, He just had me in a place where I had to finally ask people for help. And he just kept pressing on me. Ask people for help. Tell them what you need. Ask for help. Now, the thing is, in the past, it was like, yeah, you know, there were times where I would ask for help, and people even made me feel like I was stupid 
Like, you don't know that? You don't know how to do this? Right? Or, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you, but they didn't come through. Right? So then you end up having to do it yourself anyway. And so you get so used to doing it yourself, and it's just like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm afraid to ask for help because I just don't want to go through that again. Right? But like I said, right, fear is not of God. And so as I'm, like, fighting, you know, fighting one pride and then fighting also the anxiety and the fear, like, but what if they tell me no and then I'm just going to be stuck? And think about that. If they tell me no, I'm going to be stuck and I'm just not going to be able to do it. And it's like, okay, but God is the one in control. So who makes the provisions? Who makes a way for you? These people that you asking are God. If and, this, and even in that, it's like you ask for help. Your help may not come from who you think it's going to come from. But he's still going to make a way to get it done. Especially if God gave it to you to, to be done, you know it's going to be already, it's already done. I just have to be obedient, right? So I remember being in that place and really thinking to myself, like, God, there's no way, you know. And I was like, finally, just, oh, God, I just, I wish I could do it myself. If I just had everything I needed, you know, myself, then I wouldn't have to ask for help. I could just do it all alone, right? <laughs> and God immediately shut me down in the most, respectful, just lovely way that he does. And all he said to me was, if you could do it, you would think that you did it all by yourself and you would even think to thank me. If you could do it, you would look down on other people who are currently in the position that you're in now and you would look at them like, you can't get that done. You have no compassion for them. I put you in a place like this, one, to keep you humble, and two, to remember who it is that makes a way. If you can do it, there's nothing to that. Where am I in that? That was a you thing. But when it's beyond you is when you recognize, oh, yeah, this is the Lord. I get the credit for that, right? So, like, we have to, to be careful because, like, yeah, if this is within your reach, then where does God get the glory? It's when I'm faced with the impossible, right? Because a lot of times it's not really for you. It's for the people watching you. Oh, there's no way she'll get that done. There's no way she can learn Japanese. Now she's learning Japanese and Spanish. There's no way she'll be able to do that. Oh, she's having conversations with native speakers? She can read and write? Oh. Well, you know, it, it's not like she'll really go on to do anything with it. Oh, she, she's doing stuff? Well, you know, that third language she took on, she'll never be able to do that. Okay. Okay. There are people looking at you right now. You probably have them in your life. They probably come to your face. 
I had somebody, I remember before I even did languages, I was still doing, you know, poetry. I still do poetry. Well, what can you really do with that? How far can you really go with that? I've had people tell me my writing is just a hobby. You know, you're never really going to be able to do anything with that writing. And yet, I can't tell you the people who have thanked me for the things that I've written. People are just like, you know what, I just want to tell you thank you for that poem because I really needed it. You have no idea how much that really got me through. Imagine if I had allowed that to just sink in, right? So, yeah, it has to be beyond me because it is bigger than me. Otherwise, I'll end up taking all the credit. Like, yeah, I I did it. Y'all saw what I did? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> you ain't did nothing. It's all God. Right? So, as we close, right, remember that your response matters. Your response is crucial. Not just to those watching you, right, but even those following you. Because remember, our goal is to make disciples. If you show your disciples that when hard times come, you panic, your faith is non-existent. What are you teaching them? It's not, it's not giving them a lot of encouragement, right? How do you handle adversity? Do you see Christ in the middle of that storm? Because he's there with you. Or again, do you forget who Jesus is? You try to take it in your hands. Really take time to remember whatever season you're in. It's not always going to be like this forever. And yeah, I might be up today. That might change tomorrow. But God does not change. Right? Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. The same God then is the same God now. And he's still keeping me. And he will continue to keep me regardless of what's going on. doesn't matter what my situation looks like. He's still God. So that is it for our lesson today. Uh, we will be looking at, for next week, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Okay. Now, y'all remember, right, the questions. <laughs> so, y'all, read y'all the questions first, and then read my responses for next week, because I didn't want y'all trying to prepare me. <laughs> But genuinely, it's like, I don't want to influence your responses. I want you to have honest, genuine responses, right? So for the focus thinking, our two questions are, what are the motives of daring people to preach Christ? And then he tells you to reference back to verse 15. Okay, second question is, how does Paul respond? to pure and less pure motives. 
So first question, what are the motives uh, daring people to preach Christ? And then second one, how does Paul respond to pure and less pure motives? For that one, you can reference uh, verse 18. And personal application has two questions, I believe. Let me double check. Yes. First question for personal application, how do you respond to people preaching Christ with less than pure motives? Be specific. Oh, yeah, we're going there next week. <laughs> we are. We're going there. How do you respond to people preaching Christ with less than pure motives? Be specific. Two, what perspective do you need in order to rejoice regardless of motive? What perspective do you need in order to rejoice regardless of motive? That's for next week, so. Get ready. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, we all pray out. All right. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, we just rejoice in you. We thank you, God, that you are in control of all things. You are always in control, Lord. Regardless of what it looks like, however it seems, God, I speak against fear. I pray that you will give each and every single one of us a boldness to go forth and do those things that you have given us to do to make good good with the things that you have already blessed us with, to be good stewards, God, and to you bless us with more. God, we thank you. We celebrate you because we are weak and it is beyond us, but nothing is beyond you there is nothing that you cannot handle in our lives, God. So we thank you that you are keeping us. We thank you that you make a way for us, that you open doors that man can shut, but you can always open it, God. There is no obstacle or mountain that is too hard for you, God. There is no problem that you cannot solve. So we praise you and we thank you, God. And we just pray that these words will just resonate in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, thank God, and amen. Be bold. Be bold every day, right? Be bold today. Be bold tomorrow. Be bold. And don't be afraid. Even if it makes other people uncomfortable. You know, and if they draw away, all right. Because they're either going to draw near or they're going to draw away. If they draw away, okay. We talked about that in the women's Bible study, I believe. If they separate from me, okay. That means they weren't supposed to be there in my life anyway. That was an anchor that needed to be removed. They draw near me. That's added to the kingdom. That's added to, to the fruit on my tree. Increasing my harvest to come. Be bold. Okay. Anyway, hope that y'all have a great weekend. Take care. Love you guys. And bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.